So we just sang, this world is not my home. And this morning, uh, I want to talk with you about the kingdom of God. And the song that we just sang, this world is not my home, pretty much expresses a common understanding, a comforting feeling that we have about the kingdom of God. This world is not our home. In a sense, we are just passing through. Our true home is in heaven. Before the foundation of the world, God planned for his creation, the ones he made in his image, to spend eternity with him in heaven. But being all-knowing as he is, God knew before he created us that sin would enter this creation and we would become imperfect creatures. And so in his love, he also planned for our redemption by sending Jesus to be sacrificed for all sin, that those who would accept him and could be washed in the blood of the Lamb and be robed with his righteousness and thus able to enter the heavenly kingdom of God and live eternally. Now all this being true, is that the sole perspective we are to have about the kingdom of God? Yes, heaven is our eventual home, and that is comforting and reassuring. But until then, how are we who have been washed in the blood and been adopted as the children of God, how are we to understand the kingdom of God? Are we to understand it only as something beyond this life? Or is there also another perspective? As you might guess, there is. And I want to focus on that other perspective this morning. It is a perspective that every believer should have because it will impact the way we live in this world that we are passing through. So go with me now to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the promise of eternal life with you in heaven. It gives us comfort. It's reassuring as we deal with the world we live in. And we are so thankful for the grace that you've extended to us through your Son that enables us to join you there. But help us this morning, Father, to understand that there is more to the kingdom of God. Be with us now as we look at your word, and may we be drawn to you. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So in this message this morning, I want to uh, address basically two questions. One, where is the kingdom of God? And secondly, how should this impact our lives? Where is the kingdom of God? It is in heaven. Uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples in the upper room. He would shortly be going to Gethsemane to 
spend a time in heart-wrenching prayer and there to be betrayed by Judas and led away to be crucified. And as he was talking to his disciples, he was trying to prepare them for what was to come. He'd been doing this all along, but they didn't really quite grasp it yet. They didn't truly understand it. And so here at this time, he laid it out in these terms. This is from John chapter 14. He said to them, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And then he added, And you know the way where I am going. And he was referring there to his death which he had slowly been trying to teach them would come. So Jesus spoke of heaven. And he was not saying that uh, he was going to go to heaven and build us a house. When he says, I go to prepare a place for you, he wasn't talking about going to heaven and building a mansion for us. He was talking about going to the cross to die for all sin so that we would have a place in heaven. In this way, they and we would be able to be with him in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is waiting for us, prepared for us before we were created. We who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb will one day be with Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. And we will eventually live eternally in His presence. It is a glorious hope. It is a hope that is secure for all who believe. We do dwell right now in a fallen world, but the kingdom of God will be ours. So how should that reality impact us? A week or so ago, I put in your bulletin a word called prize. I want to read it to you again this morning. There is a prize up ahead. It belongs to you. It's been yours from before you were born. There's a prize up ahead. It's wonderful beyond your dreams. Nothing in this world compares. There is a prize up ahead. When you stumble and fall, don't look down. Look up. There's a prize up ahead. There may be pain right now, but there is joy ahead. There's a prize up ahead. Don't let the world fool you. It will die, but the prize will not. There is a prize up ahead. Look beyond the moment, for it is just a step toward the prize. There is a prize up ahead. The Lord holds it in his hands, and he waits to give it to you 
March on. There's a prize up ahead. In this fallen world where we live out our earthly lives, we have a hope that is sure. We should live like it. We should live like we have a hope. We have a promise of eternal blessings. We should live like we have a promise of eternal blessings. We have a, a peace that will forever be ours. We should live like we have a peace that will be ours. We have a joy that can never be taken away. We should live like it. In the heavenly kingdom of God, there will be no more sorrow, no more pain. And like the song says, and we did this in a prelude a couple of weeks ago, the only scars in heaven will be the, in the hands of the one who holds us in his arms. So we should live like it. Nothing this world can do to us can ever take away what God has for us, the prize. It is ours. The kingdom of God, the heavenly kingdom of God is ours. Let's live like it. Live with hope in our hearts. Live like we have eternal blessings because we do. Live with peace in our heart regardless of what the world brings to us. Live with joy in our hearts. The kingdom of heaven is ours. The prize is ours. So let's live like it. So, where is the kingdom of God? In heaven. Yes. But it is also right here in this world where we live day by day. How can that be? In Luke 17, the Pharisees were, as they always were, trying to box Jesus into a corner. From the time he began his ministry, he had spoken of the kingdom of God. So the Pharisees wanted to try to pin him down. So in, in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's among you. Jesus was speaking of himself. Going back to when Jesus told his disciples he was going to prepare a place for them, he also said this. There in the 14th chapter. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. 
How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. In other words, otherwise believe because of the works themselves. Jesus is God. He and the Father are one. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of Jesus. He was the embodiment of the kingdom. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And he was right there in their midst. And so then, if it was true, and it was, how is God's kingdom here in this world today? Jesus was there with them. He was in their midst. And he said to them, the kingdom of God is in your midst. He spoke of himself. So how is it that the king, God's kingdom is here in this world today? Well, if Jesus is the king of God's kingdom, and he is, then wherever Jesus is, that's where the kingdom is. And where is Jesus? Is he uh, out there in the skies? Is he over behind the clouds? Is he kind of floating around above us? Is he all around us? Is he seated right next to you this morning? Really? Where is he? We need to know because wherever he is, that's where the kingdom of God is. Thankfully, Jesus explained exactly where he is. Continuing in John 14, Jesus seeks to assure his disciples. He says to them and to us, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because the world cannot, because it cannot, it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, 
you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Jesus, the King of the universe, the ruler of the kingdom of God, is in us. He's not floating around out there somewhere. He's not seated next to you. He's not hidden. He says He is in us. When we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, the promise of God is that He will indwell us. And wherever Jesus is, that's where the kingdom of God is. So the kingdom of God, right here, right now, in this fallen world, it is in the future. But it's also within us right now. Jesus, the King of the universe, the ruler of the kingdom of God, lives in us. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who is in fact Jesus, is in us. So, where is the kingdom of God in the world today? It's in the believer. The kingdom of God is within you. As I've said, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, you receive the same gift He gave to the disciples. The Holy Spirit. He is within us. We, the body of Christ, the church, we are the kingdom of God in this world. Now, how should that reality impact us? There's an old saying. Here's where the rubber meets the road. There's another old saying. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, I grew up in the country of Southern Illinois. You had to drive several miles on a gravel road to get to our house. I spent my youth in the outdoors, exploring creeks and woods, fishing and swimming in ponds, using my imagination to entertain myself. A big cardboard box could be a boat or a tank or a race car or an airplane or a house, whatever I wanted it to be. Neighbors were not close in distance, but they were close when anyone needed help. The little country church was a second home. The people there were like family. It was there in the country and in that little church that I learned about kindness and caring. That's where I learned what it meant to be like Jesus and to care about and love people. Now, when I left the country, I lived for eight years in Atlanta, Georgia, big city. I lived for six years in Tulsa. 
I lived for 11 years on Long Island in New York, just outside New York City, with about seven or eight million people. But in all the places I've lived, in all the things I've done, I have always been a country boy at heart. By that I mean my values, my desire to help people, my sense of adventure, my imagination and creativity, it all came with me. I, th I think of my sense of adventure. When I drive down the highway or drive through the country, anytime I see a creek, a stand of trees, a ravine, a mountain, the country boy wants to stop the car and go explore. I'm s almost 74 years old and I still have that sense of adventure. Of course, my body knows better now, but it's still there. No matter where I am, who I am with, or what I am doing, I will always be a country boy at heart, and I will live accordingly. As a child of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb and adopted by the Heavenly Father and given the Spirit of Christ within me, given the kingdom of God. We are to carry that with us wherever we go. Whoever we're with, whatever we do, we are the kingdom of God. No matter Where we go, who we're with, what we do, we always have within us the kingdom of God and we should live accordingly. Yes, we do look forward to that day when we will eventually live eternally in the heavenly kingdom of God. But until then, we are to live like we are walking in the kingdom right here and right now, because in fact, we are. Here's a passage in Hebrews. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. We should live like it. Showing gratitude to God by serving Him here and now. We are kingdom people. We should not live self-centered lives. We should, not, we should live in reverence and awe of God whose kingdom is within us. How? By loving people. By caring about people. By helping people. By giving ourselves as Christ gave himself unselfishly.
Jesus said, as recorded in Matthew, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are kingdom people. Let's live like it. Our desire should not be to seek what we can gain in this world. Our desire should be to seek what we can store up in heaven. Because you see, when we're living as kingdom people, when we're loving others and caring for others and helping others, guiding them toward the kingdom, we are storing treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. We are the kingdom of God in this world today. Let's live it as thankful people saved by the blood of the Lamb. Let's live it. We're going to stand and sing a song of dedication. It'll be our closing song as well. Give thanks.